Support for Living on Earth comes from listeners like you. Please make a gift online at LOE.org or call 800-893-3377 right now. And thanks. It's Living on Earth. I'm Bruce Gellerman. So, have you hugged a tree today? Better yet, have you planted one? We are, after all, celebrating Arbor Day. Trees give us fruit, shade, wood, and fight global warming by taking carbon dioxide out of the air. And they're not bad to look at. We're talking trees with Woody Nelson, spokesman for the Arbor Day Foundation. Hi, Woody. Hello, Bruce. Or should I say, uh, happy Arbor Day. Well, Arbor Day certainly is a happy time. It's a great time to celebrate uh, the tree planter's holiday. Well, it was started where you are in Nebraska way back when. 1872, uh, to be exact, on that very first Arbor Day, a million trees were planted on the Nebraska prairie. So what is the Arbor Day Foundation doing this year to commemorate that special day? The Arbor Day Foundation celebrates tree planting every day of the year. Uh, This year, we have a campaign where we're helping the U.S. Forest Service plant trees in our national forests. Uh, We also have a program called Nature Explore to inspire the next generation of tree planters, young children, getting them connected with nature at a very early age. Mr. Nelson, why would the U.S. Forest Service need help planting trees? The U.S. Forest Service, of course, is charged with taking care of our national forests. Uh, They are today a rather threatened legacy in that we've had three years in a row of record wildfires. Unfortunately, so much of their budget is being allocated toward putting out these massive fires, and uh, they have very little resources left for replanting where they deem replanting is necessary. I thought fire was a natural part of the um, forest ecology. Fire is definitely an important part of uh, natural forest ecology. You're right. Today's fires, however, are raging uh, and immense and burning very, very hot. There are many, many more man-made fires than ever before. If you just look at history, we've had eight or nine million acres of fires burning each of the last three years. That That's really unprecedented. Um, of course, we like Mother Nature to take care of things. The Forest Service, by all means, does not plant in designated wilderness areas. Uh, they do not plant where they think there's a good chance that nature will regenerate the forest on its own. But yet, after several years, it becomes very clear that nature is not going to regenerate a particular forest area. And uh, when that happens, you know, the the invasive scrub grows prolifically and doesn't give trees a chance to grow. And that's where they need to go in and, and do managed planting. I was reading that the fire isn't the only threat to our national forest, that there's actually this beetle in Colorado. What's what's that about? Yeah, the uh, mountain pine beetle, uh, which is a pine bark beetle species, is really playing a heavy toll in the uh, Rocky Mountain West. It really is prolific these days, the past few seasons, uh, and it's just destroying thousands of trees. Why now? What's changed? You know, one way that nature can control the pest is uh, sustained cold temperatures, say minus 30 degrees for five days in a row, that larva is going to uh, not survive the winter. I would say this year is a probably going to be another epidemic. You know, I think the Forest Service is, is uh, you know, concerned about how this pine bark beetle is infesting our national forests. So in order to kill this pine bark beetle, you have to have sustained cold. You're suggesting that it's getting warmer there. 
That's right. The data indicates that much of Colorado, much of the Rocky Mountain states have warmed a full hardiness zone, which a hardiness zone is measured in 10 degree increments. The hardiness zone is the thing we see it on the back of seed boxes where you can where to plant seeds when that kind of thing. That's right. It's a guide. It's one tool for a tree planter or for a gardener to use in trying to make the best decision on what species will be hardy uh, where he or she lives. Because you have a hardiness zone map uh, that's interactive on the Arbor Day Foundation's website. That's right. The ArborDay.org hardiness zone map lets you uh, enter your zip code and uh, find out exactly what hardiness zone you live in. Now, when I click on this little button here, it shows the whole map going north. Everything's moving up. Everything's getting warmer. People can start to experiment with perhaps a flowering species uh, where they, you know, 15, 20 years ago, that would have been unheard of. The data shows that between 1990 and the 2006 ArborDay.org hardiness zone map, there has been a shift where hardiness zones are migrating northward. And of course, that means that the data shows that our climate has warmed. And the USDA also has hardiness zone maps, but yours is different from theirs. We have the most uh, up-to-date information available in building our map. We used 15 years' worth of data from 1991 to 2006. The USDA's last updated their hardiness zone map in 1990. I understand that the USDA is working on it. They have been working on it for some time. For whatever reason, they've not published a, the, an update to their map now for, uh, well, it's been 18 years. And um, the data indicates that things are warmer today than they were in 1990. Mr. Nelson, your, your nickname is, is Woody. That's kind of interesting. You're a spokesperson for the Arbor Day Foundation named Woody. What's your real name? My real name is Woodrow, so it's it's um, not a coincidence. I guess it's just it's a real name for a real purpose. Well, Mr. Mr. Nelson, thank you very much. It was a real pleasure. Oh, thank you for having me. It was my pleasure. So why hasn't the United States Department of Agriculture released a new hardiness zone map in almost 20 years? I put the question to the USDA's Kim Kaplan. Well, there's actually been no set interval between any two editions of the USDA plant hardiness zone map. One of the things that drove this one, frankly, is that the government printing office called and told us they were out of the old one, and should they print the same one again, or were we going to do a new one? Because the old one was done in 1990 and predates the Internet, it was not digital, and we knew we wanted to go to something that was state-of-the-art, something uh, GPS, GIS compatible, much more detailed and much more sophisticated, and most importantly, web-friendly. But that's 18 years ago. You said you were coming out with one, what, two years ago? Right. And one of the things we've discovered is that it's very difficult to do some of the -the state-of-the-art things that we're trying to do. We want to get it right rather than fast. So when can I expect the United States Department of Agriculture to come up with its next hardiness zone map for planting? Well, the best I can say is soon. Um, And maybe define that as months rather than weeks or years. So as I say in Boston, when your new map comes out, aloha? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you'll find it will be that warm. Kim Kaplan is a spokesperson for the United States Department of Agriculture.